If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where two theater compounds watch the best and shittiest horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate and joined by my regular co host, a Mr. It's a Mr. Ben Arrington. Mr. Ben Arrington has got his guns out today on display. I've got my guns out for the lads. Looking good, man. For the lads or ladies, you know, whoever, whoever wants to have a look at them. Oh, laddies. Use the laddies. Look at me, guns. <laughs> um, look at me, guns, laddie. How are you? Are you all right? Very well. How are you? Yeah, I don't know if you can hear. Uh, my neighbour's in his, his garage listening to Elvis. Can you hear that? I can hear it a little bit. Yeah, I can hear something. I mean, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to identify it as Elvis. He's either listening but... to Elvis or he's got Elvis in his garage. It's one yeah. of the two. One of the two. Or yeah. he, or he's an impersonator. You know, a really good one. He could yeah. be. Yeah, could be. Uh, what a what an exhausting <laughs> week it's been already. Right. For for watching stuff, I Mate, mean, stuffs and guffs. There's been so much uh, stuffs, so much yeah. good stuff. Obviously, people are avoiding spoilers like they're avoiding responsibility for their actions right now. So, uh, no, no spoilers I've, I've for seen, the big ones. Yeah, I, I've seen people um, just on the Facebook post just yeah. spoiling stuff, and I'm like, what? The, what is wrong with a person? What? Do they, why do they feel like they need to do they've that? Never felt, they've, never, they've never felt the loving embrace of another human being. That's why they feel the I need so. to crush yeah. people's hopes and dreams. Also, people hate, like, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. I'm sure I'd like it if I watched it. I've seen some of it. But at the same time, people just slating people for going on about it. It's like, let people enjoy things. Yeah. God's sake. Unless it's actually shit, like Fifty Shades of Grey, then I just go, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just a massive Even massive now, I feel like... Yeah. If you want to, whatever gets you off. Whatever gets you off. Yeah. Yeah. Dragons or bondage, whatever you Dragons, want. Dragons, bondage, or yeah, loads of yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I watched some questionable stuff. I was telling the guys at work <laughs> about Desperate Housewives. And I, th- I thought everyone watched Desperate Housewives. They looked at me like I just shat on the on the on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? I, I've definitely seen that. It used to be on Channel Four. Yeah. Eva Longoria. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it was it wasn't groundbreaking, but it was something you know to pass, put put on and and watch yeah. and enjoy. No, you mean I feel like yeah. I'm the same with Sex in the City. Yeah, I've never uh, never seen that. I think I used to watch it when I was younger <laughs> because I thought there might be a chance of seeing a nipple like on terrestrial TV. Was there because, a nipple? Because you know, you was a sick, <laughs> sick bastard. See, with but, Game of Thrones, nah. you don't get that kind of nonsense. You don't get any nipples. That's not true. That's you true. get That's, you do get loads of nipples. Don't you get you? enough nipples. Yeah, Didn't plus your lifetime. Stu- didn't Stuart, uh, what's it? Oh, Stuart Lee, comedian. What about him? Didn't he? I, I see. I saw him describe <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> as Peter Stringfellow's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's pretty fun. Which I find, yeah, you know, that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Sex in the City. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about this, but it's on. It's on like some random cable channel now, or some random like Sky channel, 
And every time I see it, I go, I've seen this episode. Like You've to all, all of them. You've I've seen them all. Seen them all. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know when or, or, or why, but I think I've seen them all. I've, I've seen the film as well, but not the second film, which I've heard is a pile of. I mean, the first film ain't great either, you know. But I've I've, I've can't, can't seen any of them. But I mean, these are things you know. Oh, Desperate Housewives, is it? Oh, you can't handle <laughs> Sex in the City, but Desperate Housewives. Oh, you're all right. Bang on it. It's the same thing, isn't it? I don't know if we get it. Well, because Tesla Housewives had a sort of Twin Peaksy vibe, as not like the as. No, as the <laughs> <laughs> it had more cool cred than Sex in the City. I think so. Well, Sex in the City had a Twin Peaks vibe, all right? Yeah. <laughs> had the, had Actually, no, that's not too far off. Wasn't Carl McLaughlin in that as well? Yes, he yeah. was. He was he in was. Desperate Housewives. That's what I meant by Twin Peaks vibe. So, yeah. Was Carl McLaughlin in Desperate Housewives as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. There you we go. finally find what's linked to all these things the trifecta. Twin Peaks, <laughs> Sex in the City, Desperate Housewives, the Kyle McLaughlin trifecta. That's yeah. why we're linked. That's why we're drawn to it, Luke, because yeah. deep down, we're just so cool. It's not like the bitchy women. In... No. There's like, there's, well, all, there's like murder mystery stuff going off as well. It's, it's, it's... Anyway, oh my God, this is not what people listen to Horror Hangouts. There's, so. there's none of that in <laughs> Sex in the City. Yeah, like, forget it. <laughs> stuffs, stuffs and guffs, Luke. You can go for it. Well, uh, so Avengers, Endgame, probably don't want to yep. go about it too much because we, we just spent. 10 minutes talking about it before we start recording but it's good it's very very good it's satisfying it's a it's a kind of tasty conclusion to any any event does it make you feel like you're done now with Avengers like with Marvel stuff because part of me is like thinking I should grow up now (laughs) (laughs) well if it makes you happy mate then keep enjoying it don't worry but don't let people tell you to grow up yeah that's true just enjoy it um yeah without without talking about the film directly this is something I've kind of been thinking about. I think, like, as film fans and as like comic book fans and as fans of all these characters, we should feel pretty damn lucky that we've managed yeah. to. I know it's a big old money, money spinning machine, but it's got some heart and soul. And the fact that we've managed to see not only the major characters come to life, but you know, sec- second, I was going to say second rate characters. That's not fair. You know what I mean? The second level ones. characters, the, not the shit ones. <laughs> it's like the ones you wouldn't expect to ever see yeah. come to life. Like Guardians of the Galaxy as a comic book wasn't something I don't think anyone ever thought would eventually become a massively successful it's film. One of the best, one of the best ones as well. You know, uh, I saw a lot of people complaining about Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, and I was like, I'm thinking, look, James Gunn is doing it. When has James Gunn ever really set a foot wrong? I mean, maybe the the tweets were a, a step wrong, but other than that, in terms of films, <laughs> like, when has he ever put nah. a foot wrong? Like he's, I'd watch anything I, he's going to do. I'm always, I think I'm always confident. No matter what, no matter who's attached to anything, I'm always confident until I see something. So whether yeah. I see the film or whether I see a trailer, I'll remain confident until I see something. I mean, we think we should talk about horror in terms of have you seen the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, um, I try not to watch trailers. This is a weird. That's a weird trailer because it's not. Sonic. You try not to watch trailers, but Sonic the, at all. there's absolutely nothing in that film that makes like I'm definitely going to watch it because Jim Carrey made is, me laugh. He put his bastard upside down. And that's yeah, Jim, Car- Jim Carrey was like doing an impression of Jim Carrey from the nineties, but yeah. without like, but it was like he never knew that he was Jim Carrey. Like he just watched a video of himself from years ago and gone, yeah, I can recreate that. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what he said. It looks, yeah. it looks weird. It looks, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's going to be good. Maybe yeah. it is good. Maybe it'll be like, maybe it'll break the box office records that Avengers Endgame has just broke. The only, the only Billions. downside with, Having great comic book movies is that that uh, people are going to see great comic book movies like Avengers Endgame and they break records, box office records. They keep selling. That means they're going to make more and more. The only reason they'll ever stop making superhero movies is when they start getting shit. You know what I yeah. mean? So we, it's it's just going to dwindle out. It's it's not, we're not going to leave. We've had a comic pretty good movies. run so far, you know. Yeah, but that's what We've I mean. A... But like, should it not just end now? Should it not just go done? Bish, bash, bash, then. Well, like, we're just going to get diminishing returns now until it's like... Uh, well, unfortunately, we've already seen a trailer for a Spider-Man Far From Home, so we know, we know it's bloody carrying on forever. Uh, to be fair, when you've hit the jackpot in terms of... Like, as a big studio like Disney, yeah, you've hit the jackpot in terms of basically a, a, basically a money tree. That's, I think Star Wars is, is what happens when you, you keep going back and you maybe aren't doing a good as good a job of it yeah but as as i think i mentioned to you earlier it's not like star wars has been consistently good like we had three good ones we have three shit ones now we got three 
all right ones. I haven't even seen the last one because it ain't out yet. Mate, Phantom Menace says the best, mate. <laughs> Phantom Menace says the best music out of any of the stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jewel of the Fates. Um, 20 years old, that film. How does that make you feel? 31 years old. I was 11 when that first came out. Wow. And Fair now way. you're just 11 inside your I'm heart. I'm going to say a levery old man. A levery old man. <laughs> have, you watched, have you watched anything else other than Avengers? Yeah, uh, Game of Thrones. Um, oh, you're just so, you're such a normie, man. You're so mainstream. Yeah, pretty basic. Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm, okay, well, Game of Thrones is good. But it's very horror as well, I found this episode. Yeah. But I also yeah. watched, I'm continuing with my Larry Cohen uh, adventure. Oh. I watched God Told Me To, which is... Um, so it's good. So it's basically about um, there's various shootings and killings happening in New York. There's a guy. Uh, it starts off with a sniper on a water tower shooting people in the streets, and there's a detective who keeps going up to these people and saying, "What? Why are you doing this?" And all he says is, "God told me to," and then he die. Um, so mm-hmm. then it gets weirder quite suddenly when I really don't want to ruin a surprise for people who do watch it. It's, it's on Shudder now. It's not as good as the stuff I don't think. But it's definitely yep. more interesting. Uh, there's alien, there's UFOs in it. There's people who believe they're talking to God, and there's um, it goes w- very strange places towards the end. Um, it's worth it just for just to see that, uh, and it's a it's a nice curiosity. But it's probably not the the big Larry Cohen film that I'd send people to. What we saying, seventies? Yeah, I think it's got to be mid seventies, maybe. Mid sense sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Just on shadow. Yeah, yeah, man. What about you? Um, I watched a few things this week, apart from uh, Avengers. I saw, I saw uh, Bone Tomahawk, which I've wanted to watch for a while. I think I told you that I was going to watch that. Uh, just because I heard about a particular scene and someone was trying to show me the particular scene, I thought I'd rather watch it in the context of the film. And uh, Bone Tomahawk's really good. It's a great sort of, it's a, a nicely paced character-driven western that obviously goes into this weird horror territory by introducing this um, clan of cannibals who make some pretty fucked up weird noises and there's a particular gruesome horrible death scene which is you know gruesome horrible (laughs) and disgusting so obviously yeah directed by uh Who's it directed by? S. Craig Zala. S. Craig Zala. So, Brawl at Night 99. Dragged Across Concrete, which I'm hopefully going to see this week as well. Um, he's a great sort of genre filmmaker, isn't he? And one who doesn't stick to one genre, but has got his, you... his, his flavour and his taste is all over it. Have you watched Brawl at Subbot 99? Yes. Yeah, he, he he knows what he's doing. Like, he's figured out his thing. His niche. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And I, for one, appreciate it. I love it. Um, yeah. And I also watched, because I watched Silence of the Lambs a few weeks ago, so I thought, I'll get myself some more Hannibal Lecter down my neck. So mm, I, went, good. I went in terms of release. So I didn't watch Manhunter, the sort of 80s uh, yeah. adaptation of Red Dragon. I watched 2001's Hannibal and 2002's Red Dragon. And they're I've not... I've never seen Red Dragon. Do you know what? They're not that good. Like, I, I, I remember holding both of these films sort of... In, like, I quite like them as far as I remember, but I watched it. They were basically like... In Hannibal, like Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starlin, who's played by Julianne Moore in this one, not um, Jodie Foster, just everything that sort of makes those characters compelling, uh, compelling hmm. is just completely absent here. And I've I read the book as well, and the, the book was really gripping, but this was just like, I mean, it's got some good sort of gruesome moments, and I just, just found it a bit, just a bit bland. And then with Red Dragon, even though like these are essentially very similar films over and over again, where like, Hannibal Lecter helps an FBI agent try and track down a different killer. This one kind of felt a little bit more unique. It's directed by Brett Ratner, um, this yeah. one. And it stars uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes as, as like the killer, the Red Dragon character. And But I think, yeah, everyone was like, they're all characters you know, but they're like played by different people. Like Harvey Keitel plays Jack Crawford. Um, so yeah, just felt you, a bit confused. Julianne Moore seems like a really good, if you're going to get anyone, take over from Jodie Foster just from what I remember of Julianne Moore because she kind of looks kind of similar right Julianne Moore is a fantastic actress however in Hannibal she is so one dimensional it's almost like unwatchable it kind of makes 
and she doesn't and she's not even bothering to try and do Jodie Foster's like southern accent. Yeah. Like not even slightly trying. Selfish that is. Selfish. selfish. Yeah. But yeah, so Hannah Hannibal is pretty shit as well. <laughs> in, in terms in terms of in terms of my yeah. enjoyment of it. And Red Dragon is slightly better, but still not well, great. Well, uh, Thomas Harris has got a new book coming out, hasn't he? In the same universe. Oh. So maybe there'll be another film. So yeah, so we got Han- so I probably will watch Hannibal Rising because I don't think I've ever seen that. What about the TV show? Are you into that? I watched a little bit of the TV show, but I found all the dream sequences were kind of making me feel exhausted. I didn't know if I was coming or going. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was coming or going. I was like, "Oh, this is weird. This bit. What's going on here?" Oh, it's a dream. Oh, oh, this is an interesting turn of events. Oh, it's a dream. Oh, this is me- this is amazing. Oh, it's a dream. It's like, oh, for- I've had enough now. Get out of my head. Yeah, that's Brian Fuller. He does a lot of those TV shows. He did um, uh, American Gods. A lot of that is very sort of metaphorical in the in the way it's filmed. I'm just like, I don't know, like what even really happened in this series. A man got up and went to work. That was it. <laughs> everything else, everything else is a dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, I just watched our film. I watched it last. Did I watch it? I think last I watched year. it last night. No, Sunday night. I watched it at some point. Yeah, I think I did. I'm glad um, you watched it at some point. So I, I watched the special edition, and mm. it was quite different to what I remember the film. A little to bit be. different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit different. I think it's the first time I've seen the special edition as well. Um, uh, so obviously we watched this in celebration of Alien Day, which happened last week on the fourth of sorry, the twenty-sixth of April. So it's Alien Day because it was four two six, which is the planet LV four two six, which is the planet where the um Xenomorph is originally discovered by the crew of the Nostromo. So obviously we had to do something for Alien Day, but we'd already done Alien. Already done aliens. I'm glad we've done it. What? I, I'm glad we've done all of them now because it's, it's given me a chance to sort of go back and rewatch. Because I haven't. This is the, when I think about this <laughs> Alien Three. This was the my first exposure. Exposure. <laughs> exposure. Ah. Now that like think about it, Bold Ripley is You're... my first Ripley. Old Ripley. <laughs> bold, bold Ripley, not old. <laughs> I thought you said old. I was going to say she ain't old in this. She's been like, like a few years after Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this wasn't my first my first experience of, of Ripley and aliens. And I'm glad really, cause I mean, you never know if it was my first, I would, things have gone Yeah. for me as a fan of the franchise. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, have you got any information? Yes. So alien free stylized as alien cubed <laughs> is a 1992 American science fiction horror film directed by David Fincher and written by David Guiler, Walter, Walter Hill and Larry Ferguson from a story by Vincent Ward. Bloody hell. Did Dan O'Bannon, uh, O'Bannon, or does he just get credit because he wrote the characters? Maybe. We'll, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. So it stars Sigourney Weaver reprising her role as Ellen Ripley. And it is about, after her last encounter, Alien, <laughs> alien Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling today. After her last encounter, Ellen Ripley crash lands on Fiona, uh, Fiorina 161, a maximum security prison. When a series of strange and deadly events occur shortly after arrival, Ripley realizes that she has brought along an unwelcome visitor. That's really like mysterious for what is a film called Alien Free. <laughs> oh, some deadly events occur, and then there's maybe an unwelcome we visitor. We all know it's an alien, love. <laughs> we all know it's an alien, just right. Ripley has a third experience with an alien, and this time she's bold. <laughs> Something to know. I mean, I can see why uh, why people aren't. This, like this film does betray you a little bit right from the right from the get go. This film, like imagine you imagine being like a ma- like a huge huge fan of aliens, yeah, and every, every character that survived, and then going, I can't wait to see these guys in their next adventure, yeah. And then this film basically just takes a hot. It's like starting knife. return from return of a Jedi, and then return with, return with a Jedi. Han Solo's his face is all smashed off, and yep. Carrie Fisher's dead. And Chewbacca's just been made into Chewbacca, a chair. Chewbacca's just a chair now. See, 3 is just his face and he's screaming in pain. Please turn me off. <laughs> R2-D2 is a recycling bin. Yeah. yeah it's, it's horrific. But, I mean, it's... Um, I think the tone... Actually, was, it's quite good. I mean, the tone... Um, what, what I've kind of... Sorry. I'll let you finish your point there. <laughs> let's say so. 
I think it's, it's... I think again the good thing about the Alien franchise is always like the, the settings and the set design and the production design. Um, and I think this is good. I think David Fincher, I could see what he was trying to do, and I think it was working really well. But I just think there's a certain point where it comes off the rails a little bit. I, I, you can sort of see maybe they didn't know where to go with it, or there's some sort of creative troubles behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, this whole idea of these sort of prisoner monks, I think, is a really interesting. Uh, it's definitely concept. an interesting one. But for me, I always kind of, I mean, I didn't always feel like this, but now when I feel about to what I feel about Alien Three, it almost feels like a sort of a what if story, just a sort of like yeah. a almost like a spin off from the main canon universe of, of, of aliens yeah. it feels like a sort of uh, a what if or like it's easy to say oh all of these things in alien free and alien resurrection happen when when ripley's in cryosleep and she this is all a dream and all that stuff that's the easy way of getting out of it yeah. but you know could just say it's a different i mean i know this is canon this film but i like to think of it as a bit of a what if sort of story I like to think that you know newt and uh hicks are, are well hicks, it's interesting you say that because uh, they um, they've made a Audible original Correct. story. Yeah, I heard this. Uh, based on the original script, narrated mm-hmm. by the guy who played Hicks, um, and it's you know it's where I think in that original version Hicks does survive, and they they go on at a big adventure with an so unwelcome we... guest. So apparently, we've got a clip. There is an available with an unwelcome guest. There is a. Um clip that you can listen to so if you just search alien free audio drama you can find it um so it's william gibson's unproduced alien free script being brought to life as an original audio drama starring michael bean uh bean is that sure, <laughs> michael bye i don't know oh yeah that actually reprising the role of corporal hicks lance henriksen is also part of the project voicing bishop they've also did the comic book series based on that william gibson script i think last year uh okay. i didn't mean to pick that up um uh, but it's, uh, I mean, so this is obviously your third favorite Alien film. Do you know what? I'm not sure because I watched Alien Resurrection the other day, right? Yeah. And I found Alien Resurrection even slightly more enjoyable than Alien Three, as in more. Uh, uh, I mean, it is ridiculous, but I was more entertained by it. Like. I found myself sort of laughing at bits and kind of going, what the hell? This is ridiculous. Whereas in Alien 3, I felt like at least two or three times I just got a bit bored. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I always feel like I get to that point. And there's a few times where I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? What are they trying to do? Like, what's the what's the goal here? And then... Yeah, that's what I found with it. I found, so I was well into it for the first 45 minutes or so. And then I was like, wait, what's what's happening here? Who's going <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same. Um, but I mean, so the, the cast got Sigourney Weaver reprises the role of Ripley, of Alien Ripley, and she's she's just fantastic. I mean, every time she she knows this character, I think she is this character really. She knows this character, but I feel like in in each and every film, this character evolves in such sort of ways that just feel natural. Mm. Like she's more of a badass, you know, and she's been asleep. It's not like she's been off out there having adventures. She's just been asleep for a bit. We were talking about, um, uh, I think in one of the last podcasts about like how where she always sort of takes. There's a point in, in most of these films where she suddenly takes control of the situation. I think, um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a whole lot of stuff recently about uh, how there's not enough women role models in in, in films and stuff. But this is what I grew up with was Ellen Ripley being yeah, an absolute. I know bad. when people say fight, people say a lot of times people say, finally we got a kick-ass woman in movies. It's like. Ripley, Sarah Connor, and every uh, time, every time she starts off as a sort of uh, in a new situation, sort of an outsider, doesn't quite, yep. isn't quite in control of the situation. But every time there's a point where people are looking around for someone to to step into the role and, and shoulder the responsibility, and every and single she, time she does it, I think almost every time her gender rarely comes into it. Like she might, she's sexualized a little bit in this film, but I think that's just because of where she is. She's in a a, a planet of dudes who yeah. are obviously surrounded by other dudes what was yeah. that dude planet it's a, it's a, I think it's a planet where se- uh everyone's double y chromosome which is that a real thing double y chromosome planet it's the only place where you could you, you can you can assume people's gender like you, you're yeah. on 110 percent of men 110 percent men yeah. yeah 
Um, so I remember in some initial concept art for this, um, this prison planet was supposed to be wooden. Yeah, that makes sense. Seen that? It was supposed yeah. to be like made. It's supposed to be like made of wood. Well, I'm assuming not the whole planet, but like shitloads of it was wooden. Like a wooden, I crust. guess. Yeah, that makes like sense. Like a wooden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I was saying with Ripley, even when her sexuality does come into this, like in terms of her like getting laid, it doesn't feel like it's not treated in the way other films might treat that moment. Like it doesn't feel as like two characters are falling in love. It almost feels just like a means to an end, which is like, I don't know. There's something about that that I think yeah. just elev- elevates her even more in my standing as a character. Like she's never, she's never treated in on any level as like a very as like a cliche heroine heroine yeah, in a film. She's not yeah, like yeah. she's not like thought to have like weaknesses or like f- feelings or like you know it, the, the means really to an end. She, she she does have feelings. She goes through a lot. Of- grief and stuff but it's always not because she's a woman it's because she's a human being and like yeah it's but she's a human happy. being and like yeah. she's she's lost people and lost 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 her daughter and then lost the person that she that was almost like a rep a, a replacement daughter yeah um and just already constantly getting thrust into these horrible situations like where you wake up after having a nap and going oh by the way it's a couple of hundred hundred <laughs> years have passed and you go oh, for fuck's sake <laughs> she's you, missed never she's missed again She's missed Game of Thrones from start to finish. Yeah, don't even know what it is. Don't even know what a Game of Thrones is. Yeah. Uh, so who else we got in this film? We have got Charles S. Dutton plays um, a guy called Dylan. He's, he's essentially like the he's a prisoner, but he's almost like the leader of the prisoners. Like he's the the spiritual leader. He's yep. more in control of the prisoners than the actual prison guards. And I mean, there's only like yep. two prison guards. Mm. Uh, who else we got? Charles Dance. I don't know what his original crime was again. I, I, so he, he's a former inmate who like um, accidentally like overdosed or accidentally uh, yeah. ad- administered overdoses as painkillers for some people and think killed a few, a lot of people, but he's still knocking about it. Have you noticed yeah. like this, this is like so many British actors in this. Yeah. I did not realize that was Paul McGann playing Gollick. Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> Paul McGann, uh, Pete Pofflesweet. Um, some of some uh, Brian Glover is like the the prison warden. Um, who else? Ralph Brown, like loads of people that you like, loads of these character actors that you would recognise from playing you know? like um, films about coal miners or like yeah. films about Dance working class people. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Exactly, loads. I mean, it is a great cast when you think about it because apart from um, Sigourney Weaver, there aren't really any really major major names in it, are there? No, no. Um, obviously, Lance Hen- Henriksen is back in it. Yeah, um, I've read somewhere dub- that he didn't duty. want to come back into it because it was um, he didn't like the the nihilistic themes of the film or something. He didn't want to do it again. Um, ah. But he does. I don't think he, I don't think he even plays the robot bishop in this, does he? Because it's that looks like it's all animatronic. It's all animatronic, but I think he he does lend his voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You can have that. Now that voice, you, can have, yeah. you can borrow my voice for a while, or I'll give it back. <laughs> I'll make sure I look mate. after it. Yeah. Okay, so the story um, is the one I watched last night. It was different to the one I remember from my childhood. It's different from the plot summary I've got written down here. I don't know if you've got the same thing. The special edition, it's not a director's cut. <laughs> Apparently, David Fincher wiped the sound cleans of it. He didn't want to even... He said, even if you gave me all the raw materials, I could not make a cut that I would be happy with. So I wouldn't want to make something called a director's cut. Um, oh. So they call it a special edition instead. A special edition by the director in his new cut. <laughs> no, uh, I, don't, I don't think he did the edit. Um, I think someone else did the new edit, potentially. The bloke off the street. Yeah. Came in. Um, yes, yeah, so how, how, how do we start? We've got the... Uh, so it's the year 2179, isn't it? Um, so it starts on the, the Sulaco, which is like the spaceship. From the end of where, Aliens. From the end of Aliens. And uh, obviously, and, it, and it, there's like a fire. A fire starts, isn't there? Um, and the computer basically launches the escape pod containing Ripley, uh, Newt, and Hicks, and, and the damaged Bishop. Well, they're all in cryogenic stasis. Um, and then there's like scans of like the tubes, the cryo tubes, which show like a queen face hugger attached to one member. 
Yeah. Isn't that right? A queen face ogre as well, not just like a normal one. A bloody queen one. I don't know how it works. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Scary. Uh, so, yeah, basically the pod crash lands on this ship. Um, on Sorry, on this planet, the Fury, Fiorina or Fury 161. Um, so the colony inhabited by male inmates with a double Y chromosome, which is lovely for them, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, and then some of the inmates go and basically explore the crashed ship and bring Ripley back after finding out that everyone else is bloody dead. So, uh, I think the um, there's tons of like, these weird little lice bug things. I don't yeah. know what they use, like little crabs. Like when they find Ripley on the beach, washed up, she's got, they're all covered in her hair and stuff, and, yeah. and there's some, some of them later on as well. Um Definitely feels like otherworldly. Um, yeah. They take her in. Charles Dance, I think, is the first first one who's like. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Giving her some soup. <laughs> Giving her some, like a cup of soup and some... Oxtail. Oxtail soup and all that. Um, She's like, I'm vegan! I think we get a... Do we... We see a little bit of Hicks's face. And it's not only like he's dead... <laughs> Like he's yeah. completely smashed up. Like his, yeah, I think you see a few been, teeth, and he looks like um, he looks like a pumpkin that's been left out in <laughs> the street from October, and someone's just found it in February. Yeah, mushed. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Uh, he's dead. New, so, we don't we, get to see too much of, but we, they say Charles is like she's dead as well. I'm afraid. Yeah, she's dead. And then we also see a bit where a face hugger is like approaching. So I think in the original cut, the face hugger like goes and attaches itself to a dog. But in the I special that edition, quite yeah, well, but it just didn't happen in this version. In the special edition, I don't think we get to see it at all, and it ends up impregnating a, a like ox, a big old bison. bison. Type thing, yeah. All right, mate. Ox, bison. You say <laughs> you say ox, I say bison. Or... Hey, is oxtail soup actually made from ox tails? <laughs> uh, you were thinking about that the whole time, but since since I, men- <laughs> since I mentioned it, you were like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Oxtail soup. Um, it's made of slices of fried or barbecued oxtail served with vegetable soup with rich but clear beef broth. Well, the one from we get from the shop, the, the Heinz. All right, here we go. Oxtail What's soup. in oxtail soup Heinz? A tasty meaty soup that is made using a trusted Heinz recipe. Oxtail soup contains only the finest ingredients, including beef, carrots, as well as the all-important oxtails. Really? There we go. I didn't know I was eating oxtails all this time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you eating there? A bit of oxtail soup. Has that got oxtails in it? <laughs> What? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's insane. I just thought it was like just you know, mince meat. We call it mince meat. It's, it's like raisins oh, and don't, stuff. Don't get, don't, but do you know what I mean? Get, like we we give yeah, things names. I just thought oxtail don't soup. Get me, don't get me started on that. It confused me so much. Yeah. What are you eat? What are you eating there, Luke? I'm eating a ham sandwich. Oh, a lovely bit of ham. <laughs> ham. <laughs> In a ham sandwich. I thought you just give names to things willy nilly. <laughs> Hamburger, beef. Oh, oh yeah, come on. We're just gonna. Okay. We should start right. a new podcast. Things that are called Things. stuff that they shouldn't be called. Yeah. Hang out. Butlins. <laughs> there's no butts. And there's, only, you... there's, only one, there's only one girl called Lynn from reception. <laughs> <laughs> what did your brain go to that? <laughs> so you've been to Butlins recently and you're really peeved off. <laughs> Every time about Butlins at work for some reason. Okay. All right. Uh, so there's also like a scouser. Did you see that guy? 
the, or he's either Scouse or from Newcastle. I was, I got, he's from that part. <laughs> um, you're, you're from like up north, aren't you? From the Midlands. I can not identify all these different <laughs> things. Hard for me because I'm far away. Uh, yeah, so what happens? Ripley wakes up. Clemens basically says, look, you're the sole survivor. And you're saucy. Um, Let's do and this. you're saucy. Uh, the prison warden, Harold, turns up. He says, look, Ripley, I know you've just been through the mill, but your yeah. presence here is going to disrupt my inmates. Um, and she's like, don't worry, I'm not going to cause a scene or do anything like that. But now, Cle- Clemens, <laughs> you, yeah. Clemens, you got so she wants Clemens to do an autopsy on Newt because yeah, she's, basically, yeah, she's yeah. convinced that Newt's going to have an alien in her, in yeah. her belly. Um, so obviously Clemens is like, what are you on about? Definitely. I mean, everything's fine. There's no nothing weird. But he go, does the autopsy, nothing's found. Yeah. And then they throw the bodies of Newt and Hicks into the lava <laughs> into like they basically just cremate the bodies yeah, right yeah um at the same time a guy falls into a he gets his face bit off i think but then he falls into a fan um that was so the the the, the bison's given birth at this point to yeah so the, the bison gets brought in and it's just like randomly died right it's just randomly died and they well, bring it in they think it's randomly died but they, they find like a dead face hugger next to it as yeah, well yeah, yeah. And it's really weird because they see the dead face and they kind of just go, what's this weird thing? <laughs> <laughs> the as, if, as if you yeah. do that. Um, so yeah, then obviously the the alien bursts out of the bison thing and it's like, it walks on all fours. It's like a proper weird... Is that just how, what happens when the xenomorph comes out of a different, like a yeah. four-legged animal? Yeah, it's also kind of like born, born like a foal. Weirdly enough, like it, it's already running. Whereas, like the aliens and the old ones was Which like a, a Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like an head and a tail, wasn't it? Yeah, and it went. And they used to like that go up and just like slide across. It was like a giant. Floor. It was like a giant sperm. Yeah, but this one was like it was like the one in Prometheus. Like it was. It looked like the one in Prometheus, there. but it looked like it had been animated by, like, what? <laughs> it just didn't look right, did it? CGI is. <laughs> CGI is proper ropey in this film. Yeah, yeah. Like to the point where it just looks a different colour to the background. It looked like it'd been animated by one of the the engineers from Prometheus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it looked like. You know, like sometimes on like Snapchat things, you can get like an app and you aim it at like the floor and it just <laughs> yeah. makes something makes something like appear an there. Augmented like, reality sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. it looks like that. <laughs> I know. It's, I know it's 1992, but still, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, there's a few bits. Maybe it's worth this edition. I don't know. Maybe it's better. Who knows? But there are bits where it doesn't feel like it's touching. It's not on the floor. It's not on. The, it's not quite there. <laughs> just slipping across everywhere. Like if it was running towards me, I'd just be like, "That ain't real." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared of that. It ain't real. It's been yeah. painted on. The bits when it's actually there, there's a guy in a suit. They did a lot of this sort of stuff where it's just flapping around, and it's just flapping. It's like it's like someone's got a rubber tail, and it's just flapping yeah. it around at people. And they had like whipping effects to make it sound like more aggressive. But it's just like you can just see sort of a giant sort of <laughs> rope like tentacle dildo thing flapping around people's yeah, faces. It was all it was all a bit Yeah. Not quite as scary I mean, as uh, there's loads of there's loads of stuff of people in suits in like the first film and the second. But I think it's shot well enough that that you like you don't you're not you don't spend too much time in close up in you know. Yeah, it's a bit in aliens, they managed to sort of get it pretty much just right. Like you, apart from the queen, if you, you get a couple of ropey bits there, but, yeah, um, the queen looks a bit like a man on stilts, doesn't it? Sometimes, yeah. But like the bit where, like, uh, <laughs> what is it? Hicks, um, one of them puts the head through the thing. I think it might be Hicks, and there's like loads of loads of them crawling towards the. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They look generally like weird insect creatures. Yeah, things. and that's just people crawling in suits. Yeah. But yeah, I think what what works there is that it's the lighting. Like, yeah. You know I mean, if that was just lit, delightful. Yeah. If that was if that was fluorescent light, that would probably look shit. Yeah. But the fact that it's like this sort of red light from the flare in this horrible little tunnel, it looks. I mean, how many times has that moment been replicated in like any film, like horror film especially? Uh, yeah. Just like popping your head up into something, which you never do. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, no. Like the I'd loft. Be... The loft is the only thing. Every time you go in the loft, there's always that bit where you're like, oh god. Is there gonna, yeah, yeah. Is there going to be a hobo up here who just immediately cuts my head off? No! Oh, oh, hobo. Why, why hobo? Is that from hobo. a film? Like a hobo is like in a... an attic. Is that like Ho- a... Yeah, it's, my, it's, it's from my, the film I'm writing at the moment. Hobo's in the attic. 
I can't spoil the final bit, but <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so that alien uh, starts going about. Um, it kills one guy in like a tunnel, um, and then kill, I think it kills a couple of guys. But then Golic, yeah. who's played by Paul McGann, um, yeah. is basically terrified by it. Runs back covered in blood, and he's like the dragon killed, yeah. killed, killed my homeboys. Um, and obviously Ripley hears a bit of this stuff, and she's like. Shit, it's happening again. Yeah, so she goes on a bit of a detective mission. Uh, she starts out, uh, she goes to the ship. I think she even gets Bishop at this point, but is it around here that all the gang try and rape her? Yeah, so she goes to find, she finds out that Bishop was sort of just basically disposed of at the garbage dump and he's obviously mm. in half. And when she goes to find him, this gang do try and rape her, like four inmates try and rape her. But then the the, the leader dude we just mentioned before, Dylan, basically interview intervenes, interviews <laughs> he interviews them for their mid rape. He beats them with a crowbar. How are and you then, feeling right now? I'm feeling angry and horny. Um, Ripley like punches the last guy in the face again. That's like another good moment for her. Like she's not she's not the damsel in distress at any point. Like oh man, saving me. She yeah. kind of like. The numbers, the numbers are against her. Then Dylan just kind of like evens the score, and then she takes things into her own hand. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, she goes to the infirmary, reactivates Bishop, um, basically just to get some information about what happened for the crash. And basically, he confirms that a face hugger came with them to the escape pod, um, and obviously someone and someone was infected. His face is great. I mean, like the the maybe the best special effect in the film is his sort because of, it's weird. Uh, they got an animatronic man to play an animatronic and an android, and like his eyes like yeah. f- flopping out, sort of like uh, his face is half off. He it just works. It really works. I wonder how expensive it was to make that milky. Yeah, like that very milky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically Rip- Ripley tells ev- um, the the dude. What's the dude? Uh, the this prison warden about a previous encounter with the xenomorphs. And basically says everyone's got to work together to hunt down and kill this one thing. So they kind of like develop a, a plan to like lead it into mm. this series of tunnels and basically trap it somewhere. And um, but the warden kind of he doesn't quite believe her story. Um, then obviously he tells her that there's no weapons at all on the facility, which for obvious reasons to stop everyone trying to escape. Um, and basically the only hope they've got is a rescue ship which is being sent for to pick up Ripley by the Wayland yutani Corporation. But I think we're told it's going to be like a little while yet. How long? Half hour? No. <laughs> Two weeks, they say, don't you? Two weeks! Bloody hell, imagine oh, no. that! Yeah. Can you come pick me up now because I'm sick of being on this prison full of men who either want to rape or kill me. All right, I'll be there in two weeks. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's a weird bit where, um, uh, so they say to Ripley, look, just stay away from, don't come to the prisoners. And she walks into them having lunch. And she just sits down right opposite them. Next to the, is this next to the guys that are trying to rape her? Or, I'm not sure actually. But she's like, just, just sort of challenging their status quo. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, okay, so as the, the prison guard captain is like saying, there's no such thing as aliens. An alien takes them up into the, into the rafters. Yeah. So this is when they're in the infirmary, and that when the alien sort of ambushes them, is that right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? Okay. So uh, yeah, Golic is is on the bed. He's coming in blood. He's talking about dragons. Charles Dance is he's he's seen the latest Game of Thrones. That's why <laughs> he's got bloody dragons, dragons. <laughs> What's he on about? Is he mental? Ripley's never seen Game of Thrones. As she says, she's like he's, he's much like, I'm asleep for hundred years. You bastard. Yeah. Uh, so Charles Dance, um, he's about to give her a sedative, um, and she's gonna. Fall asleep, uh, but as she as he does that, uh, the xenomorph turns up, uh, wraps Charles Dance in a sort of hug, kisses yep. him through the face, yeah, and then always does that, doesn't it? Throws him away like a little plastic burrito onto the floor, <laughs> and then the alien comes face to face with Ripley, it's kind of like sniffs her, kind of like breathes heavily on her. How good is that lips now? That kind of yeah. I wonder how they do that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then the xenomorph spares her. The xenomorph's like, I'm not going to kill you, actually, bitch. See you later. <laughs> it does say see um, you later, yeah. Yeah, so then, yeah, when she goes to the cafeteria after that to sort of tell them what's happened, um, 
the warden sort of says, take her back to the infirmary. She's off her nut. But then he gets dragged into the events to the to the vents and killed by the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ripley's like, right, that's it. We can't let anyone else die. We're going to have to all get together um, and find a way of killing it. And they sort of work out a way to fill the ventilation system with like toxic waste. And they can hopefully ignite it, which will like flush it out. And then I guess they can just hit on the head with a mm. with a Randra's bat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what have they got? What have they got in this prison? Pretty much nothing. Um, but it kind of goes a bit wrong. That there's like a premature explosion. Some of the inmates die when it's happened. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um. So and then they change the plan. They're gonna. They said they're gonna trap it, and they managed to do it. They managed to sort of chase it into a. Uh, one of the guys. Oh yeah. So. There's a younger guy, I think. Yeah. Uh, he sort of lowers it into the, into the, uh, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. This is where I start to get a bit annoyed with the film because, like, it's up to this point, it's building, it's building, it's, it's, it's still really interesting. Uh, and then they lower, Junior lowers it into the thing and they close the door and you just hear Junior dying, being torn to shreds, whatever, behind the door. And it's like, and then it's like, that's, that's almost like the climax of the film. Like it's almost reached a, a nice climax, uh, yeah. and it's like, and now we're just gonna hang back for a bit, and we're going to, <laughs> and we're gonna wait for the alien to, you know. But yeah. Golic, Golic lets it out, right? Yeah, because he's like, I want to see it again. I want to see it again. I like the look of it, especially the lip snarl yeah. and its long <laughs> dolphin-like head. Yeah, I want to see it again. Yeah, so they so, have to sort uh, of build back up that momentum that they've been carrying. They have to start from scratch again. But let's yeah. out. Um, it kills Golic, I think. It kills Golic, yeah. I want to see it again. Well, here I am. Now, see this! And then the alien's like, oh, I've got Golic breath now. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Golic breath. Has anybody got a chewing gum? Because I've got Golic breath. And they go, classic you, Xenomorph. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it's around this point that Ripley finds out that she's got a bloody alien embryo in her belly as well. Or chest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah basically she uses a sort of a thing that's quite ultrasoundy thing, which is I guess is quite similar to the it reminded me a bit of Prometheus when obviously mm. Numira Pace's character sort of goes and tries and get the embryo out of her. Yeah. Um a little bit like that. Uh yeah, so basically have a gaffis gone or something. Just uh, just eat like a tum. <laughs> Eat a tum. She decides that it's growing. She finds out it's growing inside her, but then via some like messages or some messages of being ex- ex- exchanged with Wayland Utani Corporation, she finds out that again they want to turn the alien into biological weapons. No, we can't terminate the alien every time. Yeah. Fucking hell. They don't learn, do they? They literally don't learn. I know it's supposed to be an evil umbrella like corporation, but my God, they don't learn. Just go and get one yourself. Stop trying to make it survive. Do you want to turn them into weapons? I mean, I don't know much about the world at that point, but I guess they're at war with planets or something. Then they must be. Like, yeah, it'd be good to find out a bit more about this yeah. world, but where they are actually using them as weapons. I wonder if there's been any sort of expanded, you know, fiction. Yeah, that have looked into that. Um, I'm sure there is. Like comic, there's comic books, there's novels, loads yeah. of stuff. So Ripley's like, the alien's not going to kill me because I've got the embryo in me. So, you know, if, if anything, we're best mates now. She begs Dylan to kill her. And he sort of says, I'll only kill you if you help me kill the alien first. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? She could just go and kill herself, but, you know. <laughs> so they this time they, lure, yeah. they do another alien lure plan where they lure the alien into like a molding facility with like closing doors and molten lead and all this stuff. It's like a bait and chase sort of plan. Um, and like the prisoners just getting picked off one by one here. It seems like it's not worth it. <laughs> you might as well just go <laughs> lock yourself somewhere. Yeah. Everyone's just dying. And then Dylan obviously eventually ends up in the mold and gets one of the other guys to pour the molten lead onto him while he's with the alien. Uh, then there's a final standoff with Waylon Tutani. <laughs> they turn up. Uh, what's his name? Is the real, what is his name? Um, his name's Wayland, isn't it? Peter, Peter, Jim, Peter Wayland, Jim Wayland, Jim, Jimmy Wayland. Uh, his name, <laughs> no, his name is Tommy Wayland. <laughs> I don't know. What's his name in this? 
Ronald Wayland. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm anyway, looking at. I'm looking. Maybe it's Utani. Maybe it's Ronald Utani. Uh, Bishop's unnamed creator listed oh, in the weird. credits. Listed in the credits as Bishop Two. Okay. Well, Bishop Two arrives um, with his with his gang. There's a guy with a camera from MTV. Um, yeah. I don't know why he's tonight there. on cribs. <laughs> Um, so what happens? So, uh, the alien's dead, but then they're standing above, um, uh, the lava still. Um, and he, Mr. Wayland Utani is like, I want that alien inside you. I'm going to take it home. We're going to raise it up like a Digimon. You want to <laughs> use them like Digimons. <laughs> and <laughs> Ronald Utani gets a, a pipe to the back of the head. His ears like hanging off. Oh yeah. Yeah. So basically he's saying to Ripley, they want to undergo surgery, remove the queen embryo from her, and it'll be destroyed and we'll save your life. Basically, just talking yeah. a load of shite. Um, yeah. He gets piped, and then the dude who piped him is Morse, who's like one of the guards, isn't he? Um, he gets sort of shot. He yeah. gets bulleted. Bulleted in the body. He gets and bulleted then... all in the body, yeah. Uh, and then she, um, she jumps, doesn't she? <laughs> Into the lava. Yeah. Yeah, so basically she takes herself out into the middle of love on this little weird little platform uh, and then obviously just falls backwards um, into the furnace. And then depending on which version you watch, the alien queen does erupt from her chest. I think not in this version. Yeah, that's weird. I liked it. I missed that bit. But at the same time, what I liked in this film is she kind of dies by her own hand or by her own choice. She doesn't decide to die at the hands of the alien so it doesn't get a chance to essentially end her life, which yeah. I quite liked. But I think they added it. Did they not? At some point? I think they went back. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and then there's a final little weird coda with um, the, the the last living prisoner being taken yeah. away. But he's got like, he's happy about it for some reason. <laughs> he's got out of he's prison, loving it. I guess, is the main thing. He's got out of prison. Uh, yeah. And then basically it ends with the, like, the, 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 uh, the recording from the first film. Being played, uh, Ripley. Yeah, yeah. So, and that is that. That's that. Trivia. Are you ready? No. Yes, okay, I am. Okay, cool. Number one. How much money was spent on sets that were never used? Oh, Jesus Christ! That's a good question. I'm going to say a lot. Yeah, it's bizarre how much sort of. It seemed like they didn't know what they were doing when they were making this film. They just no. were making stuff on the fly. Five million. Wow, it's, it's close. So seven million had been spent on sets that were never used thanks to the ever-changing scripts before filming had even started. Imagine that was your job making yeah. those sets, and you were well into it. Seven million. This is amazing. Of, yeah. Seven million pound budget. I've made the best thing ever. We're not going to use it. We're just going to use the inside of warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just be like, for fuck's sake. You destroy it. You kick it over. You burn it down. But then you yeah. burn it, and they go. Actually, we changed our mind. We do want it, and you go. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two. Which film originally contained? Which film? Which part of the film originally contained so much gore they even made crew members who had worked on it sick to their stomach? Stomach <laughs> contained so much gore. Was it like yeah. uh, killing the first? The first guy gets killed, like in that thing when he runs into the fan no <clears throat> so uh much more of the autopsy scene was filmed than ended up oh. in the final film a rough cut of the scene originally contained so much score that it made crew members sick to their stomach don't um, be sick it ain't real mate <laughs> <laughs> but even like the fact that we didn't see stuff i think was was quite a good scene i mean because it, it's new it, it was quite hard difficult if i if yeah you didn't want to see gory, newt i didn't get, want to see that yeah i'll get newt ripped in after you yeah. jesus number three when the powers that be decided on a new ending to be shot, Elliot Goldenthal, the composer, had how many nights to come up with a new score? <sighs> Seven. One night. He had a single night to come up with a new score for the scene. <laughs> well, I feel like I got things on. I got, nope. I got, thing, I got things booked. I got stuff going on. We want you to come up with a whole score. Yeah. yeah. Basically, he just did it Game on of a. Is on tonight. Yeah, not for you. Guaranteed, he did. He did it on just like one of those tiny little <laughs> on, a, on a harpsichord and a harmonica. He just used like the, the garage band loops, just dragging yeah. them him in. Yeah. <laughs> what is the refi- <laughs> number four? <laughs> number four. What is the refinery mostly made from? Is it a cardboard, 
B, polystyrene, or three refineries. <laughs> did you say? Did you say one, two, and three? Did you say A, B, and three? I got confused. Um, I reckon polystyrene, like sprayed. Uh, wrong. It was A or one cardboard. Oh yeah, cardboard. That's cool. Um, the number five, and the last one in the film. What was the original title of the first film? Maybe I use this one in the original. The episode we did on the first one. I don't remember. But what was the original title of the film? Not Alien Three, Alien One. Yeah, was it called? Was the original title? Was it A? Alien? <laughs> what was it? A creature. Oh, was it B? Things that are frazzled. Number eight. Was it A creature? Was it two Star Beast, or was it C Xenomorphin Time? <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's awful, like all of those are awful, but yeah. Star Beast. <laughs> it was Star Beast. That was the original title of the film. We uh, got Dan- Star Wars coming out, and now we got Star Beast. Dan Bannon, Star Beast trilogy. Dan Bannon came to do a rewrite or one of the, the latest scripts, and he went through and he, he's like, look, the, they use the word alien a lot, and he just decided to go with that, and it, it works so much better. Maybe. I mean, maybe we just associate alien with this. Maybe if it's called Star Beast, we'd be like thinking of really awesome snarling Star Beasts. Who knows? You're like, God, I love the Star Beast trilogy. Yeah. I love the new Star Beast. Have you seen the Star Beast prequel? Have you seen Star Beast Covenant? Great. I mean, even Star Wars doesn't make much. I mean, it works in the context of the film, but if it was called something else, I don't think I'd be that bothered. No. Well, you would, if they just went, we're changing it from Star Wars to Star, Star Beast. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need to rate the film. Oh. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't enjoy it as much as I. I mean, there's some elements of it which are all right, but it's quite messy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. By no fault of David Fincher's, it's quite messy. CGI is very, very, very ropey. Like some of the worst CGI I think I've seen. Yeah. You know, for a while. Too in the film. Yeah. I think there was a weird, a weird sort of era around about the, these these mid to early to mid nineties where the CGI was like thought of as being acceptable. It's almost like, ah, oh, look at that it's magic, so glossy. <laughs> so glossy. wet for some reason but yeah, yeah I just find it a bit eh. so I'd probably give it I'd probably give it a, a D that feels really bad because I love the Alien films but this one yeah. just doesn't really do it for me um, I think what, this one just falls into the trap of just being kind of boring and repetitive and mm-hmm. the fact that the fact that we've gone from one alien to loads of aliens and now back to one alien but in a bigger place, it just doesn't yeah. feel worthy of a sequel, does it? I mean, I, I do like some of the world building stuff they got, but again, I like to think of it more as, as a what if story rather than a follow up to Aliens. And for that reason, considering what it followed, which is like one of the best films of all time, I'm going to have to give it a D plus. Okay, I'm going for it. I pretty much agree wholeheartedly. I was, I was a bit kind. I went with a C minus. I mean, maybe because. Bit bold Ripley holds a more special place in my heart. I don't know. I mean, Ripley is a gr- is great in this film as yeah. as always. Like yeah. she is great. It's it's only in Alien Resurrection that you start to take real real liberties with her That's character. Dunking basketballs. I know so. she's a bloody I know she's a bloody clone, but they start to really take liberties with her character. And this, I feel like she's still true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. This show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Thanks to Kobach Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to the guys in the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Club Advisors. Thanks to Michaela yep. Fenton, being a real horror dude. Thank you. Hanging in there. Cheers, mate. All right. Catch you, mate. Bye. Bye. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.